Welcome to Clues Chronicle, issue 29. It's February 27th, 2019, and we're here with Kay and Ace and Ace's family. And Kay, how have you been lately? Oh, I've been great. Hoy, thank you. How have you been? Pretty good. Um, just getting over an illness. I had some flu or something. But uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about health in the next two episodes, this episode and the next episode. Aren't we? Yes, we have an amazing interview with Dr. Morse. I'm so excited. I can't tell you. It's going to be great. How did you land that interview? I asked. <laughs> I said, I just asked. I sent an email and, you know, I was supportive. I explained all the work I've been doing. It, ju it was really only like 100 words. And she, the lady replied, Dr. Morse would love to interview with you. That's it. You just got to ask, I guess. That's amazing. Um, we're very excited for that. I'm also really excited to present this Clues Chronicle, which was done pretty much just by Ace and family um, without really any prompt from us. And I just wanted to know what you thought about it, if you got a chance to listen I to it. I did. What, what eye-opening, is that the word? I don't know. It's not quite eye-opening, but it's the perspective is very unique, and I really enjoyed listening to them talk about a difficult subject in such an easy, easy way. That's a great way of putting it. Actually, when Ace and I were just here talking about how we could uh, frame this, we realized that this is actually a really good segue from talking about Lennon Honor and, and his family and the importance of having a healthy community in your household and whatever that means to different people. And now we're talking about health subjects and one of the most difficult health subjects, which is sex. And why that is so difficult, uh, we could go into if you, if you want to, but basically it comes down to why is, why is this important for Clues Chronicle? And Smokey the Barrister, another user at Clues Forum, and he just happens to be the brother of Ace, uh, framed it this way, which I thought was really clever. If children feel free to talk with their own parents about sex, um, they'll feel comfortable talking about anything. And that's why the topic is even more important than just sex. Now, this is kind of rhetorical for me because I think of um, the idea that, well, there's many topics that are very uncomfortable. It's not just the only key that can unlock good dialogue between parents and children. But what do you think about that framework? And does it apply to your life? Yeah, I no, that's a great way to put it. If you're, if you can be open in such a difficult subject, you, you're kind of opening the door in other difficult areas. But yeah, I mean, I was always open with my own children about the subject, just because it's empowering right? If you can master a difficult subject, you don't have to shy away from it. It doesn't have to be taboo to you. So that's why I'm really in favor of these kind of discussions. Very good. All right. I think that that's a great intro for people. Um, shall we just uh, introduce Ace and family and get them into the call? Oh, yes. All right. Thanks for having, having us on. Just for the benefit of our listeners, I had chosen the, the name Ace a good while back. I'm also known as Sacred Cow Slayer on Clues Forum. So as, 
as to um, eliminate any confusion there, I wanted to just go ahead and say that. Yeah, thank you for letting us do this. It was really a joy. Um, we found it to be incredibly natural. And Lane, in fact, we thought it was just going to be me, Jen, and Danny. And uh, Lane kind of popped in halfway through, and then he was just like, okay, cool, we're talking about sex. So he sat down and, and joined us for the rest of it. So it, it worked out really well. If, if you want to, I could go ahead and add a couple of anecdotes that um, my brother Smokey the Barrister reminded me about. Yes, that sounds great. We'd love to hear that. Um, yeah, that's great. Anecdotes uh, that aren't repeated in the audio, I'm assuming, right? So, yeah, go for it. All right. So, the first one is, uh, so... Uh, Smokey is at home. He's like a senior in high school. And when our mother finds out that he had been having sex with his girlfriend, she found out, I guess, at an inopportune moment. And uh, the way she dealt with that was she went in his room late at night after she found out and she just started hitting him. He wakes up to being hit by our mother. He's like, what are you doing? Of course, he's a big enough guy to protect himself. But he's like, what? What are you doing? And then she's just like yelling at him. I mean, he's trying to get a word in edgewise. And he finally gets out of her. And she's like, what am I going to tell everybody at church? (laughs) Like she assumes that everybody at church must know about it. And she has some responsibility to explain it to them. And I'm guessing that she felt like this reflected on her as a mother. And that's what she cared about the most. So that ties in perfectly with my own experience. Uh, when my dad found out that I'd been having sex with my girlfriend, uh, my senior year in high school. So, you know, like six, seven years prior, he, he comes in and he prefaces this with something that's not too subtle. And so I knew what he was talking about. And then he says, well, just don't embarrass me. That's all he said. Obviously those are not good uh, forms of parenting. The last one is my dad caught Smokey, uh, through looking at through the search history on the computer, looking at porn. This was, you know, the early days of the wild west of porn on the internet. And my brother was laying down, had a headache. And my dad walked up to him and said, uh, your head probably hurts because you've been filling it with garbage. And uh, so that was his way of uh, communicating about the topic of sex and trying to deal with us. It, it didn't work very well, but it's really uh, It served us well as far as uh, what not to do. These are all after the fact. Was there a preparatory discussion on sex before it was engaged in or pornography? Or was this all like after it had happened, like from your parents? And what ages was this going on? Because it seems like when you're going through all these changes, you know, as a kid, um, every year seems dramatically different. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so in our situations, um, I had mentioned this in the other recording, which which our listeners will hear. But um, yeah, the 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 quote talk uh, was really my dad walking in the room and throwing a book at my brother, um, and that that was years prior. So he would have been seventeen whenever this incident with my mom happened. Yeah, it was after she had found out that he and his girlfriend had been sleeping together. And then also the same with me. I don't really remember a talk with me, but this was his way of trying to tell me not to get her pregnant. 
I mean, mm. that's really what it was. Don't, em- don't embarrass me. So that's amazing that you were able to pick up on that pretty quick, but they didn't exactly make it hard for you because they basically set it up so that you couldn't really take it any other way, except that they're just thinking about it in selfish terms. They're not thinking about it from your uh, standpoint. And it makes me think there would be more questions that you would have. There would, there would have been so much more that you could have discussed, but they shot that horse before it even like got on the track, so to speak. They probably didn't want to talk about it, didn't know how to talk about it. So they gave you these visceral emotional reactions instead of um, having a healthy discussion. That's my impression. Yes, I would say that that would be very consistent with the the overall uh, culture within our household. As Smokey sent it to me tonight, he said, we'll call it the culture of candor. And in a sense, that is kind of revolutionary. And the home we grew up in, that certainly would be revolutionary. But yeah, this is not like sex in a, in the vacuum. It's not like we had... It's not like we had uh, candor and honesty and mutually respectful discussions and conversations about anything else. But when it came to sex, it was just bizarrely uncomfortable and it was this oddball topic. No, candor is not what was happening in our house. It was never going to. And so sex just fits in there neatly like the rest of everything else that didn't get communicated about properly. So can I ask you, um, Hoy, did you have those types of discussions with your family about sex as a youth? I think because of, I mean, I'll just, first of all, no. And so <laughs> the, the my mind went to why, you know, so I'm trying to think, well, I have to come up with an excuse. Why, why wasn't my house so healthy? Why, why, why doesn't it, you know, make as much sense as, um, the discussion with Ace's kids and your discussion with your kids. And I think it has to do with trauma from my own family. And so it was a bit too little too late. I think they wanted to have some kind of discussion, but it was exactly what is mentioned in this audio where Ace says, you know, it's just too weird that some parents, you know, they, they wait until the kid is of age and then drop in a single conversation trying to explain everything. And then it's kind of like hands off, like, all right, I did it. Like, I'm, <laughs> I don't have to talk about that anymore. And that's a good example. That's a good way of explaining kind of what happened. So there was a lot of, on my part, questioning and asking and not feeling the culture of candor, the culture of consent with my parents. I wasn't feeling that it was a consensual thing. I felt like they were forcing themselves to have the discussion. They weren't feeling like, oh, this is like a normal thing that we talk about. And it certainly wasn't for either my father or my mother because they both had sexual traumas as kids. And that's a whole other episode that we could go into sometime, maybe not in this podcast. But So I think it does come from trauma. And so as a result, I had to just 
figure things out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but that's that's maybe improving now, but still to this day, both my father and mother could use some, I, I don't know, some kind of therapy that they're not getting in that regard because I still think to this day they won't be able to have a, a candor discussion without that triggering feeling. And the candor, I love uh, the concept that candor isn't just, well, I'm being honest with you, you know, that whole attitude. I said something from the gut, so, you know, that's honesty, that's candor. No, you're describing a something better about what we could have candor mean, which is not just honesty, but authenticity and authentic vulnerability, really, because it's a very, it brings us all to a vulnerable place to have these discussions. Yes, and if, if I may chime in here on that, um, this brings me to a point I wanted to go ahead and make, because I'm not sure I did previously in the recording, but um, yes, with respect to candor, it's, it's, not, it's not about being like raw, it's, it's about uh, treating each person in the conversation with dignity and respect, and a part of that does include honesty, and as parents, we're the ones with the life experience here, so it's our responsibility to initiate the conversations in the early stages, and once we did that and we got the ball rolling, then the kids felt free to approach us any time about it. And it wasn't weird for them or for us. And it was because we made it a regular thing that would be talked about. And we would talk about it in kind of age appropriate terms as we went. Once you've done that for a while, then the kids don't even think twice about coming to ask us about it. And it's not a big deal. And included in that, very important that I don't think I mentioned before is that she and I, have been very honest and open with them about our own mistakes in the past mm -hmm. and uh, not pretending that we're perfect and we have it all figured out, fully recognizing that we expect them to, you know, make mistakes in life. And we've made plenty of our own. We are here to love them the best we can. We don't pretend that we have every answer to every question, but, but we do agree that we will be there for them we have not wanted them to seek out answers in chat rooms or maybe those are the things that passed. But uh, for me, I guess it was on the school bus. Uh, but yeah, I think that's very important for parents. If they want their kids to take home seriously, I think that they really do need to be real with them about themselves. Thank you so much, Ace, for bringing this topic to our attention. I, I do want to add that I didn't mean to throw my mom totally under the bus because really um, she had a second chance um, with her, her younger children. And I think because she was approaching a relationship with them in a more mature way, a more experienced way that she actually did get things more right for her family, just as you've done things right for your family. And the thing that was right for her was in Europe, where sexual attitudes are a bit different, but a bit the same from American sexual attitudes. She was, I think, able to have a talk that was ongoing 
it wasn't maybe as sophisticated as your solution, which was like seamless integration, but um, she was able to actually have this discussion and be like, no, we want you to feel safe, but comfortable. Um, and those are different. And so, yeah, so I think she did a good job with a couple of her kids. <laughs> um, I'd like to hear from the young people there that are sitting around next to Ace. Like um, he mentioned like hearing things on the bus, but I would imagine his children are a little ahead of their peers in this subject. And I was just wondering if like any incidences have come up because of their I mean, I'm going to say advanced knowledge because I'm a high school teacher and I'll tell you what, there's a lot of bad info about sex out there. And most parents are not talking to their kids about sex, even nowadays when it seems to be so obvious. Because I have seniors too and they, they tell me, no, no, it even came up one day. I mean, I'm not instigating it, but you know, they, if there's like a few minutes at the end of class, they'll start talking about it. So young kids, um, what has your experience been knowing more than your peers? Okay, well, we are homeschooled, me and Lane. Um, this is Danny yeah. speaking, if you were wondering. But anyway, I really haven't had that much experience with that kind of thing because whenever I go outside the house, it's usually um, at church, just like a little friend gathering. So I don't really get that kind of attention yet. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the topic doesn't really come up. Right. No, it doesn't. Okay. Do you have to add, I agree with you. It's never actually come up with any of our friends. They're kind of, I don't know, I sort of feel like some of our friends are pretty taboo about this topic, sadly, but I'm not really 100% sure. Your friends act maybe a little bit awkward about the topic? Maybe, yeah. Okay. Okay, so y'all don't have a ton of experience with, like, peers on a school bus, that kind of thing, but... I think this is a good time to mention. So Danny has a, a YouTube channel. There are uh, strange entities or pervs or whatever that do tend to go on there and make comments yeah. about her looks or you can imagine the kind of, kinds of comments she might get. And so Lane will chime in and <laughs> very oh protective like a brother. I love doing this too. I just... <laughs> <laughs> and it's like so awesome. But they never comment again. <laughs> I'll just all say that. Yeah. Um, Lane and Ace and well everyone here. Very protective of me. <laughs> and yeah. anybody who's really around them, I mean, for better or for worse, my reputation sort of precedes the whole thing, whether it's parents or peers. Um, sometimes you hear things like gossip, right? Like girls might say, like I heard one time, I remember when I was like in fifth grade, oh, Sherry, she's pregnant. So she went to the doctor to get birth control pills. I was like, oh, so birth control pills control pregnancy. So, you know, just even understanding that is part of the sex subject. You know, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Do you ever like have those kinds of discussions with maybe peers? Well, Lane has something to say about gossip. Gossip. Gossip is very common. What is, what is it that you've done in the past to sort of head off something like that as far as like what you say to someone who's trying to uh, engage you in dialogue about some juicy gossip? 
or like can you keep a secret type thing? Um, okay, well, I guess the best amount of experience I can use here, um, I did go to private school for about three years, and it was in my younger years, like kindergarten, second grade. And even then, my friends, like, like one time, my friend came by me, and she was like, um, did you know that babies don't come out of the stomach? They come out of China. And I was like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> it's like, okay, then. Well, then. Um, and I just got to change the subject because I'm... And what about your friends that would ask you, like, can you keep a secret? Because they're trying to engage you in, like, some juicy gossip. I always answered no. I was always like, no, I, I had can't. someone ask me that, actually. Okay. Um, I'm just... Or, like, do you promise? You know, I'd always just say, I don't promise you. I don't promise I'm, nothing. I'm not going to keep a secret. You know? <laughs> right. And by telling them you're not going to keep a secret, that's sort of like stop them. Yeah, from, keep me out of this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. we, we haven't had this conversation in a long time because it hasn't come up. But whenever she was a few years younger, I just mm -hmm. taught her that if someone asks you, can you keep a secret, just tell them no. Unless you're okay with me telling my dad, you shouldn't tell it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, a lot of the stuff that you would see in the schools, okay, that kids would be around, she's not, and Lane aren't really around that kind of thing. The most that they would get from that would be YouTube comments on their, yes. on their channels or maybe Instagram or something. By far. Like, okay, trolls on Instagram are so common, it's not even funny. Like, they're always cursing at me, and I just do some kind of weird drive-through line or something. Yes, yes, I would like a hot dog. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't guess your grandparents ever tried to talk to you about sex. <laughs> no. Uh, oh my goodness! No, no, never. Absolutely not. Like that'd be the surest way to get them to leave the room, though. If you oh. Brought it up. Like, oh granddad, goodness. what's a virgin? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, unless Kay, you got anything more, should we roll the clip? <laughs> yes, let's roll the clip. Okay.
Hello and welcome to the next issue of Clues Chronicle and I am your host today, Ace. And I have with me today my beautiful wife and daughter and I will go ahead and let them briefly introduce themselves. We'll start with Danny. Um, hello, I am Aces, which is the host, <laughs> his daughter, and I'm with my wonderful mother, Jen. Hello. And today we are going to talk <laughs> about sex. Oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah. So you have some questions for us, do you, Danny? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. Great. And Jen, do you know a thing or two about this topic? Uh, just a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And is there anything that you <laughs> want to... Um, uh, say to our listeners before we go or would you like me to fill that in for you okay uh, Jen and I are coming up on our 20th uh, <laughs> anniversary of being married so um, we have had an ongoing conversation with our kids about this topic of sex and how old were they when we started that conversation if my memory, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but if memory serves me, we began this conversation when uh, Danny and her younger brother uh, were seven and five, respectively. No, I think nine and seven. Okay, nine and seven. Yeah. I will defer five, to your memory on that. Five scenes. Yeah. I remember my mom. That's right. We were at the other house, <clears throat> so go ahead. I'm sorry. Gotcha. Oh, it's fine. Um... Well, I remember my mom sitting us down at the whiteboard <laughs> and kind of, you know, giving a better example and explanation for it. Because whenever you're a little kid, it's a whole new concept. And well, I wasn't that little. I was nine. But well, we homeschooled, so I was approaching it like a science class. You know, basic like we talked about digestion. Okay, we're going to talk about sex. It's just a natural function of your body, like anything else. Simply put. You don't have to yeah. be weird about it. I think when you act weird, then it feels weird exactly. to your kids when you talk about it. That's a good point because uh, kids will pick up on the discomfort of the parents and it, then the subject becomes taboo and right. then the kids are embarrassed to talk about it. I don't remember one time in my life where I felt uncomfortable to talk about it with you guys. <laughs> yeah, and that's really awesome. Yay. We accomplished the goal. High five. Yeah. Good. Yay for us on 20 yeah. years of marriage almost and uh, for almost. creating an atmosphere in our home to where uh, a subject like this can be discussed in a healthy way and there's no shame or uh, embarrassment about the topic. So good job, everybody. <laughs> um, so what was uh, the first question that you have for us uh, about this, if if I recall, you were you were delving into the whole issue of uh, like how often we do it. <laughs> it yes, because it always seems like you guys never have time for it. At the end of the day, you've been working so hard and you're just tired, you know. So I was thinking, well, maybe they do it earlier because I personally wake up way too late. So I figured maybe they did it in the morning, but okay. I wasn't sure. <laughs> okay. 
so from your standpoint, you're like, how could this happen? Because from the time I wake up, mom and dad are busy all day, and how could they possibly find time? Also, I would have never asked my parents that question. Like, (laughs) ever, 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 ever. I wouldn't have even thought about asking that question. In fact, before we go into answering your question, I will provide a historical antidote of my own about just how taboo this topic was in my house growing up. Uh, I vividly recall um, asking my dad one night uh, while we were watching a show, uh, Dad, what is a virgin? And I kind of turned around to look at him and he just sort of stared straight ahead at the TV and pretended he didn't hear the question. <laughs> and um, forgive me if I'm not remembering correctly, but it was a commercial break. Yeah, well. I even waited till a commercial break because I, I knew his <laughs> tendency to uh, sort of peer around me or turn up the volume if I were to interrupt. So I did politely wait until a commercial break. And then the show came back on without an answer and then I waited till another commercial break and I asked again and the same exact thing happened so I could only conclude from there that this must be a bad question to ask I mean this is coming from a family who grew up in church and, and the Virgin Mary birth of baby Jesus and he can't even explain that to you <laughs> it's like I was a little ow. confusing for me because I thought that well, still no one... shocks me yeah like what's so great about the Virgin Mary if you don't know what a virgin is uh, indeed, I was I was pretty uh, baffled by this because the Virgin Mary was talked about mm-hmm. quite a bit, and so I thought it only appropriate to know what a virgin actually was, since I did hear this term uh, batted about at school. And sorry, listeners, we our special needs son he is in the background humming and singing and playing, playing, and doesn't really <laughs> understand volume and that we're talking so part and he's not interested in sex so no but this um, is our family and how life is and the sounds we hear every day (laughs) and probably another reason that danny wonders how do mom and dad have time for sex (laughs) yes yes my special needs brother is a large part of that (laughs) yeah so i said oh danny we find time (laughs) we find time to seize those moments in the day <laughs> yes like seize with a s-e-i-z-e as opposed to cease <laughs> yeah although i suppose the other one comes into play sometimes on my friends but we make time for one for one another um, to to just have time to have intimacy whether that's talking or um it's snuggling love languages Right, taking care of each other's needs on an emotional, spiritual, mental, physical level. And if we provide that time, then sex can happen. Right. But it doesn't always, every time we go up to our room and shut the door. <laughs> yeah. You just hang a hat on the doorknob. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we're in college, put a tie. And not, yeah, mm-hmm. we don't have like a glowing sign or anything on the door. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't even have a lock on the door. So, we really have to count on the kids not walking in. (laughs) Yeah. Because I figured, like, whenever you guys say that you're going to go have alone time in the evening, that that could possibly take place there. (laughs) 
Yes, ideally alone would be key. <laughs> um, yeah, it wouldn't be. Yeah. It so, be so you started to explain <laughs> Ace about. Oh yeah, so the second time I asked my dad about Virgin, he stared forward and didn't answer that. So he never gave me an answer to that question. So that tells you just how taboo the subject was. You can only imagine how I did not feel free, the slightest amount of freedom. It, the thought would have never crossed my mind to ask my parents, hey, when do y'all have time to do it? Um, <laughs> And for those listeners, I suppose, who aren't afraid, aren't familiar with the phrase, do it, I'm referring to having sex. Um, I don't know uh, what the, the phraseology is amongst our listeners, but that is what I'm referring to, of course. And, uh, in fact, uh, Danny's younger brother, uh, who is uh, 12, mm-hmm. um, he recently uh knocked on our door at night and then when we didn't respond he just decided to come on in and thankfully we were not doing it (laughs) but but i had to remind him i said dude what if we had just been naked and having sex and he's like oh sorry i knocked and i'm like yeah i know but what is knocking supposed to do for that problem and he's like, I don't know, sorry. And I'm like, well, you don't have to be sorry. Just just contemplate that before you just walk through the door. If you knock and you don't hear anything, that does not mean that it is safe to just walk in. We just could be naked and doing it. <laughs> and you just can't unsee that. And so the I could tell by his expression that he got it. And he hasn't just... Uh, burst in with that and since then I don't think Um, but anyway uh, so back to Danny's question about when do we have time for this I have to of course agree with Jen here that you don't ordinarily and ideally schedule sex that sort of takes the fun out of it Um, so yeah like being very mindful and determined to like make time together to talk and to make sure that you're emotionally connecting and um yeah whether it's just snuggling and reading a book aloud to each other or having sex (laughs) or just visiting that can lead lead to sex or it can just lead to I love you, and if I wasn't so tired, we would so have sex. <laughs> and sometimes that's how it ends, and that's totally fine. But um, so yes, you do do it in the evening. Yeah, and and I'm not uh, a morning person. I like my sleep. Yeah, yeah I it, figured. I just couldn't figure it out. So I felt like it was a question. In nearly 20 years, I would say morning time. You're talking at less than 10 times total in the morning. Morning is just so not happening. I can think think of just a few exceptions to that rule but um but the the answer that this is not like a a firm rule of any kind but it was something like once every three to six days uh 
Now, sometimes, sure, it could happen more than once in three days, but not normally. And yeah, it can be more than six days, but not normally. So, and, and you can even skip days too, according to different reasons and stuff. Like if people are staying at our house, and yeah, if you have kind of week can go by sometimes or two. Yeah, uh, just yeah. a couple of things. One then we right both after... get grumpy. No. <laughs> One thing after another, and you have guests in, and you know you end up up late, kind of visiting, and then that doesn't really leave time for it. And uh, some people, apparently, like Jen, for instance, uh, hits a wall at like ten twenty, ten thirty p.m. <laughs> and if things are not already in progress, it's just simply not going to happen. It's like. Getting mad at her for that would be like getting mad at a car for being out of gasoline. It's right, like, right, because she that's gets up reasonable. earlier in the day. That's true, and but she's she's always been that way. She just has this internal clock and shuts down at about ten twenty or ten thirty, and it's nothing personal. <laughs> it's just like I said, it's like a car out of gasoline. It's not going anywhere. In the car. <laughs> she parks herself and goes to sleep. And <laughs> Park myself. <laughs> this is on my funny, pillow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very and funny way of explaining this. Headlights out. I'm not calling her a car. No, she's, I know. <laughs> she's very voluptuous and beautiful. Oh, and, uh, thank you. <laughs> I'm batting my eyes now. Oh my goodness. Um. What was the? What was the other question that you had for us? Um, it had to do with, like, when do we have time for this? Well, I mean, I feel like you mainly answered that okay. just now, like, with the evening time and how many times, roughly. Yeah, and I... Well, I think we got into talking about healthy marriages, too, and how sometimes people who really aren't connecting intimately, emotionally, could still be having sex and their marriage is crashing. Just because true. you're having sex doesn't mean healthy yeah, marriage. Into, yeah. However, that's not really what we're talking about at the moment. And but I would it, say for a couple who's learned how to allow for sex to be something that kind of flows from the relationship that exists, mm -hmm. sex can then end be up... Better. It's It's not just better, but it's also like, it's also like a way to measure the uh, regular intimacy in the relationship and so um, if we go for a certain period of time without it I have to wonder have I been tending to her emotionally have I been making time to talk to her and just really like connect eye to eye and just make sure I've been tending to her emotionally because if I haven't then sometimes that can sort of explain it and I think that's healthy because it requires me to upkeep a marriage because a marriage cannot just be it can't be a one time at the altar and you're good obviously it has to be constantly fed and maintained two servants in love yeah serving each other giving up of our own self for the other one's needs and when you approach it like that Emotionally, and the friendship and sex can all be awesome. Pardon my brother Lane over there is doing the dishes. 
Yeah, he's sort of clanking around in there, and <laughs> the, the beeps of the microwave and the clinking of the dishes. I just had to prove. <laughs> so, um, Helene, now that you're here, um, was there any particular question about sex that you wanted to ask? Well, I was kind of interested when they do it too, but I never really asked them. Ask oh. them first. If you didn't. Yes, sometimes um, sometimes we do it when you're knocking on the door. <laughs> okay. I don't have to yell, but but okay. So this is so this is a rhetorical question for you. If you knock and you don't get a response, do you a stand there and continue to knock, or do you b turn around and do something else? From now on, I guess b. <laughs> right. So the exceptions to that are a fire that you can't put out on your own, uh, <laughs> blood gushing, such that Death. a person could bleed out <laughs> before you get my attention later. Emergencies, ladies and gentlemen. The bona fide yeah. emergencies. What if there's a scary bug? Just kidding. <laughs> uh, that is actually something I could see you knocking at the door for for a while. So I know. Uh, so yes, no, scary bug does not count. So Lane, when was your? I don't know what. Do you remember an earlier question you asked us about um, sex or about how old you were? Gosh. You were like seven at the first talk. What did I ask? I I don't really remember asking any questions. I think my first explanation about what sex was when y'all were seven and nine involved a uh, phone charger and an outlet. I didn't know what that you were talking about. I was like, what is this? I don't understand. This is, but this right here highlights why it's so important for the parents to not just have a one-time conversation Right. Mm-hmm. With with their kids about because this. Because I wouldn't have known what the heck it was. I've had it has to be numerous ongoing. conversations about different areas of sex, just out of learning and growing, you know, as a woman. <laughs> you know, because how can you go your life without asking questions? Like, I just can't. Right. And so we have this ongoing conversation. And as they've uh, gotten older and as uh, we've just come across certain things. Uh, you share little more <laughs> yeah we just talk about it and we have conversations about it so it's never there's no shock factor involved right. with bringing the topic up because it's so common right yeah. well yeah. and they're gonna learn about it either way and so you have to decide do you want your kids to come to you and learn to you learn from you about it or, or do you want them to learn it on a school bus right <laughs> with yeah. your friends or some book they looked up in the encyclopedia or something i don't know well, Google nowadays, but yes, the the early uh, amounts and quote knowledge that I received was in fact on a school bus in the fourth grade from other kids that didn't know what they were talking about. And and you told me at one point that your brother the quote talk about sex was his dad coming in and giving him a book about it. Well, specifically, he threw a book towards him <laughs> and then shut the door. Oh my um, God. I would have to say, of the examples of how to not um, broach this and teach your kids, that has to be the best example I can think of of how to not do it correctly. Oh, I hate reading, so if you if you just thrown that to me, I'd been like, oh, a book? I don't want to read this. I'd just chuck it under my bed and be like, I don't want to read this crap. 
<laughs> well, even the whole reading thing aside, uh, think about what that communicates. If a father won't even like have a discussion yeah, with the son about it, but throws a book towards him about it, well, and, it, and it, also, it communicates disgust. I had a good relationship with my parents where I could talk to them on pretty much about anything. But this topic was still awkward. I mean, I could ask my mom questions about the female body, and they did, she did teach me about what it was. Um, but I didn't really feel oh, able to openly ask a question like Danny asked us. Um, you know, or, um, you know, like I, I learned what the term blowjob was on a school bus because. I, I, my hair was being windblown by the window three or four <laughs> seats in front of us and I stood up and yelled at the my student friend ahead of me and I said, can you shut the window? It's giving my hair a blowjob. And the whole bus stopped and looked at me and stared like I said something horribly bad. Uh-huh. And my boyfriend next to me, and I'm like 14, and my which, boyfriend next right to me now. stands up and says, uh, she does not know what that means, and could you please shut the window, which, thank you, boyfriend, for, you know, protecting my yeah, that was reputation a, that and was so forth. Class, but, that was a class act on his part, so kudos to him for that. Right, but, you know, it's not like I went home and said, hey, mom, today I learned this term, and everybody looked at me weird, what does that mean? Heck yeah. no, I asked no. somebody's older sister, which, thankfully, she gave me a good explanation in that. After she turned bright red After she turned and she collected red. herself. Yeah. But, you know, I wanted to create an environment where where Lane and Danny could come and we where we could hopefully maybe talk about it before that happens or right. create the environment where if they hear something they can come I and sure talk to us. I don't want to be trying to ask like my friend's older brother what something means. I'm like that would suck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. I I agree, and and you told me that I much prefer y'all to come and ask us questions. Oh, sorry, sorry I didn't mean to interrupt. No, good. Um, you told me that you even had another encounter with a quote inappropriate term like boner. Or something. <laughs> oh yeah, yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, tell us about that. I one. was in eighth grade. It was our last day of eighth grade, and we were at the lake, and and um, one of the boys. And they were just being icky. It didn't even really make sense. But, you know, one of the guys says, you look like a skinny bow. And the other one says, nerd. And they go, and so I knew it wasn't a good thing to say or call me, you know, and I don't know why they would call me that. That doesn't make sense. But my math teacher comes over and I'm like, hey, uh, I don't call me. Yeah. I was like, what does, what does, you know, boner mean? And of course, the boys coughed and tried to make noise so he couldn't hear me, which thank God he didn't. That would have been super embarrassing to ask my math teacher. But uh-huh. yeah, the guys are like, hey, go home and ask your dad. And I'm thinking, heck no, I'm not going to ask my dad what that is. Are Since you I kidding me? I don't know me? what it is, yes. I don't want to ask him. Right. It's apparently something y'all think is So funny. again, we asked the older sister <laughs> what it meant. And after she turned red, girls, where did you hear that term? <laughs> She, but she did, you know, explain it well and if only appropriately had, as she could, feeling awkward. If only y'all had found a sufficient rock to hide underneath where you could go your whole lives without hearing that word, then you would never have to ask the question. Oh, yeah. Well, I grew up watching <laughs> Friends, you know, my mom would, do you, girls, do y'all know what that means? And we're like, either no or yes and roll our eyes like, 
we know stuff, Mom. So instead, I just watched Friends with my kids pause and be like, hey, okay, let's talk about masturbation. What is that? Or Seinfeld. Very helpful, yeah. But if I acted weird about it, it would have made them oh, feel, weird. feel weird and awkward. Yeah. It's, you know, like people being weird about farts. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, kids I mean, will definitely follow the lead of parents whenever it comes to the subject matter. Yeah, because if you think about the psychology of how a child develops, you know, they want to mm-hmm. be like the people that surround them, you know, adjust right. to their environment. Um, mm. And if you are from a trauma-based home, maybe it'll be something more like you will convince yourself to like your captor, you know. Yeah. Like, or if you, you like sense that there's shame, there's shame associated with the topic, with, their, with your parents, right. then you yourself will adopt shame mm-hmm. as it relates to the topic as well and your body's created to to want sex and i mean yeah i mean that's mm-hmm. why there's all these people around us still right and <laughs> we have dreams about sex and that's why the only it's the only reason the earth is populated <laughs> yes. and people wouldn't be getting together if it weren't for that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm certain of it so if we associate like you're saying if we're if yeah we if make people feel ashamed to talk about it then they will associate. Then they will associate associate the entire topic with shame. Yeah. And it's something to be or, ashamed of mm-hmm. or uh, it's certainly nothing to be discussed openly. You right? can't control your dreams. I mean, as far as I know, you cannot control your dreams and you just have dreams about sex. I, exactly. I, I agree. And... And there's a lot of people that feel shameful for having those dreams because they think it's just them, their dirty mind. When in reality, it's basically everyone on the earth has those. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if your younger brother does or not, but um, <laughs> but he's an, probably not. He's an exception, um, and he's younger. But um, if there's any other comments or thoughts, let's go ahead and talk about those but i think we've we've covered the gist of it i feel like yeah i think i think we have yeah um i don't really have any more questions and you and uh you you have felt lane you have felt comfortable correct me if i'm wrong but uh to, i have questions all the time like yeah. i i don't really remember any examples but you know I do, and I talk to you about <laughs> problems with my underpants or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or hair growing in places that you weren't expecting no. it, or things like that. Yeah, I do. I guess that, yes. Yeah, and obviously I talk about that with my mom, Jen, you know, with my girl problems, and vice versa. Right. But, but we still like to have family discussions about mm-hmm. this, because it's a topic that we are completely comfortable with because that's how I was raised you know we were raised you know sex is not like a taboo it's, topic it's a private topic that we talk about under our roof but it's something that we talk about openly and that's we'll, a good it, point yeah. that that is good and uh, you know we teach our our kids um to stay pure till they're married and mm-hmm. um but that has not been a sinized um whole testimony in our marriage and um and it was great to sit down and actually share all of that with our kids so they can have that full disclosure and i think that helped also 
make it a safe place to come and share because uh, we're not claiming that we've done everything right or that we're perfect and that no. sex is you know it's a something that everybody um, craves craves and struggle, yeah. struggles with different temptations and things mm. like that and can't when you struggle that alone pray. that makes it harder and so mm-hmm. we just wanted to create a place where they could come and talk to us about their struggles and their mindsets and things like and then, that and also Danny mentioned that she asked Jen about woman's stuff because they have that in common and uh and then Lane but, and Ace discuss guy problems, obviously. But on the on the same token, uh, Jen doesn't know what it's like from things are like from the man's perspective. So she, mm-hmm. from time, to, <laughs> yeah, okay. Lane. Uh, from time to time, she will even ask me questions because she knows that she yeah. needs to get the guys. Uh, standpoint or the guy's perspective because yeah I often come to ask my dad about a guy's standpoint you know like mm-hmm. yeah. okay well what is a girl which what's the no-nos why shouldn't I sit on, on a boy's guy? lap yeah why shouldn't I sit on a boy's lap you know and then I could go ask my dad and he'll be like well, right yeah, <laughs> yeah well, because I, I can give a I can I'm the best person for mm-hmm. her and the safest person for her to, to discuss that with and Jen can't speak from the guy's perspective so there are some questions that perhaps Lane should be asking Jen. Right and that was another thing that I experienced growing up too is because you know my parents said don't do this and don't do this and don't do that. Well I didn't really understand exactly why and I think if having a son and a daughter it, as they enter into the dating world not too far from now um, they need to be leading others into purity. So where my son is going to be the leader in treating the girls he dates um, toward purity and same with my daughter, right. whereas she's not going to wear low-cut shirts or sit on his lap because she knows mm-hmm. that it would torment him as a young man. And, um, and But understanding why that is, you know, um, I just don't think I understood the why. It was like, I know my parents had good intentions, of course, and, um, you know, but I just think they should have gone a step further in explaining that. Um, it's more helpful to, instead of teaching your kids what not to do, it's it's better to talk about what are the healthy things to do. Right. And, right. and speak about it in the affirmative and the positive, because if you just talk about what not to do, Right. That's all they'll think about is why can't I do that? And so instead, it's much better to talk about a healthy, appropriate ways to conduct yourselves and um, and to treat and to treat others, and and why that is. And that's a, I think a far healthier way to go about it. And um, and it also doesn't create this dynamic to where the kids have been told not to do these things and they're like bad and they're to be ashamed if if they do them it's i don't have any memories of you saying don't do this don't do that or not answering the simple question of what is a virgin i learned what a virgin is when i was like eight yeah and if if you've actually listened to this podcast and you've made it this far uh, i highly doubt you're the kind of person that's gonna go throw a book at your son um, to try to quote teach him about this subject um 
that is a, uh, a uh, unfortunately an extreme example, but one I'm aware of. Um, and I wish you all the very best in your own uh, journeys and that if you haven't started talking to your kids about it already, um, there's no time like the present. Unless, of course, they're just simply too young. But if they're already teenagers and it's already a taboo subject, uh, I have to admit, I don't know what to do for you, but... Try to change it. I would go ahead <laughs> just and... Just start discussing it. And I would, if, if they were already 14 or 15 and the topic is already awkward and you're one of those people that, like skips the scenes of the movie or tell or worse you tell your kids to close their eyes that kind of stuff go ahead and just simply tell them hey sex is an important topic and i know we're embarrassed to talk about it right now and it's uncomfortable but we really need to start discussing this uh because whatever you're getting from the media whatever you're getting from your friends whatever you're getting from school that is not the healthy way uh, and, the, and a healthy understanding of this issue. And go ahead and get pressed through the discomfort and the embarrassment of it. And just own the fact that you didn't talk to them about it when they were younger. And um, it was just very fortunate that we, that we did start talking about it when they were younger. And I'm glad we did. But don't beat yourselves up over it. Just go ahead and seize the moment. And um, I, I encourage you to do that. And I don't think you'll ever... I think you'll be very, very glad you did. So. You will regret it. <laughs> yeah. And, and for those of you who have younger kids and you're wondering what time is appropriate to talk about it, like, in my opinion, you know, 7 to 9. 8 to 10, either way, kind of. And if they're older, go ahead now. Yep. Yeah. And all right, so. I remember the first time my dad talked to me about wet dreams, um, and then he went upstairs to go to bed, and I was like, "Ah, crap! Now I have to clean the stuff out of my pants in the morning." I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, that was why I was like, my mom talked to me about periods. I felt that way too. I was like, oh man.' Okay, but also another important reason why we talk about it is the family, because I didn't want my son waking up at all embarrassed and having to go, "Mom, I need to clean all my sheets this morning." It's like. All right, cool. Nature took care of it in a natural way, and we'll just clean that up. It's no biggie, you know? Yeah, right. but that was one of those things that, like, you're, I don't know how long ago, years ago, I had to talk to you about with Jen, and I'm like, you know, you don't want a teenage boy to, to be, like, associating that experience with shame and be feeling embarrassed and, like, he's got to, like, sneak around through the house to like clean his underwear or whatever mm -hmm. um and so but it may sound kind of silly and i'm sure some of you are like blushing or embarrassed the fact that we're just talking about this but um but seriously that kind of shame experience and it creates a trauma for the person and uh it really does allow for just some really unhealthy uh thought processes and really unhealthy emotional development um, as transitioning into adulthood. So um, yeah, stuff like that even create a, I mean, make your home a safe haven for your, for your kids and um, make sure that 
just even those kinds of things that there's not like shame attachment to the issue um oh okay one more because like watching movies and there'd be a girl with a teeny tiny bikini and her boozies hanging out of them you know and you know at first i'd be like oh uh lane you might want to close your eyes and in in, of course from my perspective i was just trying to protect him from having to deal with the with it you know but at the same time i can't shield him of that everywhere we go i mean i can encourage him to take thoughts captive and to avoid those temptations of like pornography and those kinds of things but whenever we go to target and they have all of those magazines like of ads of women in bras Mm -hmm. i kind of just look down at the cart and ignore it like i've learned how to deal with that pretty well on his own passively right but i used to have you close your eyes in the movies and and ace you know told me one day he's like you don't want him to feel shame i know what you're trying to do is a good thing but you don't want him to feel shame to associate this whole topic with shame and that's what that can inadvertently and passively teach him and i was doing that that accidentally you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to do something helpful and good i thought you know but because if you see your kids like going out of their way to make a big show of putting a blanket over their head or or covering their eyes then it's it's really a a fear-based response and a shame-based response of oh i want to make sure my parents see that that i'm disgusted by this um and sometimes he'll choose to look away on his own and then other times it's like okay i'll just point it out for him all right boobies <laughs> and we kind of all laugh about it together because it's like boobies. might as well have a laugh yeah, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes you feel the need to point out the boob in the room, I guess. But, um, but either, but either way, if I, I was just noticing that um, the response whenever those kinds of moments would like happen on TV, I would just notice that his response seemed to be out of like performance for her to make sure that she knew that he understood. You're not supposed to look at that. You got to look away, but. I realized pretty quickly that, wait a minute, that's really a shame-based reaction. Oh, yeah, and the next day, I remember Mom telling me something that you said to her, and that she was like, didn't mean to shame you. Like, and she know. didn't mean to shame you. I but know. but and that's she hasn't the, done it since. And, but that was just insight that I had in the moment, and it was me also upending uh, generations of the way parents um, deal with things like that. Uh, my parents is same way. My dad could take me to a movie or show me a movie with all sorts of violence and gore, um, really horrendous type gore, and not bad an eye. But if a set of titties showed up on the screen, he sort of acted like it was the end of the world, um, and I was supposed to act very embarrassed and ashamed by the whole thing. So. Um, the same guy that threw the book at my brother um, and couldn't answer the question of what a virgin was. I assume he knows what the virgin is, but um, I, I don't think that it was for lack of knowledge that he didn't answer that question. I suspect he knows. Um, and I don't suspect he'll ever listen to this podcast. Listening to a podcast would be an implicit admission that he doesn't already know everything in the world. So, um, he would have no use for listening to this. 
Um, but anyway, all you good parents out there, or one day, maybe you don't have kids yet, but maybe this will stick in your mind and 10 years from now you'll be like, oh wow, I need to go back and listen to that Blues Chronicle from 2019. <laughs> and uh, yes, to memorialize the moment, it is... Um, it is February seventeenth, two thousand nineteen, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and on the count of three, we'll all say, "Let's keep it real together." Okay. All right, okay. one, two, three. Let's, Let's keep, keep it, it real, real together. together. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, everybody. We've rolled the clip, and it's about 30 minutes, I think. Yeah, I think some follow-up questions like, you know, now that we've listened to it, was there anything you wanted to add that wasn't added? I thought it was really cool to go back and listen and just hear my family be so at ease and so comfortable talking about it because with Lane coming into the room, not even knowing we're recording anything, and we're like, motioning into to him that like we're recording this right now and then he picks up on that and we're like we're talking about sex and he's like okay and he just joins right in i think that speaks a lot for the the health of our home and the health of our relationships and how comfortable we all are uh, talking about this and he did crack me up with some of the lines towards <laughs> the end of it but our listeners can hear for themselves. I feel like it was very easy to talk about, like even just over recording. It's just like, okay, this is normal. Yeah, it's just one of those topics that comes up. Tips for parents who are uncomfortable with talking about sex to start a conversation with their kids. Let's start with the young people first. Well, just sit down and tell, tell them what it is in a comfortable manner. And like my mom did when we were younger, we got the whiteboard as you heard in the audio back then like we were so young we were just like okay whatever and i don't know i wasn't really till they talked to me about it like again like a year later where i really understood what it was well say you were gonna tell some of your friends parents some tips about talking to their kids now what is there something that's what she's saying is there something about how comfortable the parents are that makes the kids comfortable absolutely because um if you were to make it one of those topics where you only do a one-time thing, you know, it definitely communicates to the kid, like, we shouldn't be talking about this. I'm talking about this because I need to educate you. <laughs> Bring up the volume. I can't hear you. Scooch it, then. Talk louder about sex. <laughs> <laughs> Children imitate their parents. So if they see that their parents are uncomfortable about the subject, they know that they should be uncomfortable too. So you go in there in a nice orderly fashion, you know, like, just be casual. You know, just, okay, well, I'm going to educate you about something, you know, and maybe start with, I know that whatever you've heard at school, in school life, like if they're older, I know that this is a taboo subject, but I'm going to talk about this with you because it's, um, I want it to be a open, you know, subject in this household. 
and just be friendly about it. Be their friend, you know. I agree with that 100%. I think that that would help a lot in basically every household on planet Earth. What about whenever parents are talking about it, even just between each other and the kids are around? Would it make you, would it affect the way how or the safe how safe you might feel or not feel? <laughs> you know, Absolutely. opening up and having a conversation with us because or, or if you overheard us being like highly judgmental and critical right. of, of other people. Like I said before, children imitate their parents. Even like as they're transitioning from children to adulthood, they're still going to imitate their parents, but on a more abstract level in some ways, like sex and social behaviors. So you're, you're talking about like the values and like if the parents are judgmental, then the kids will learn what kinds of things they need to be judgmental. Exactly. That's, okay. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to communicate. I'm sorry. It's all right. The, also, the, the sound of the recording is kind of it's getting muddled lately. And the quality is just going to be what it is. People are going to give us shit about it, I'm afraid. But, um, <laughs> well, we might, we might be trailing off cause we're, because we're tired. And uh, <laughs> so whatever you need to edit from this, uh, you have. Full license to do that as always. So, uh, unfortunately, right. I I'm low on experience. Same. Yeah. Or fortunately, I, I, I don't say unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately, say, but just. But as far as <laughs> for, for purposes of release, like. Yeah, you can scratch all of that if you want to. That's up to you, editor. <laughs> Even if your experience doesn't match what you ex, what I was like putting in the question, it's still good because it's your perspective. And perspective is what Clues Chronicles is about, right? Everyone has their own perspective and that's how we learn about each other. So no, it's all good. I like that you're homeschooled and you're still young, you know, it still might come up and maybe in a couple of years we can ask that question again <laughs> because, you know, you have church group or friend group and you get different questions from everywhere. So Yeah, so... Uh, issue 49 maybe will be uh, 29 revisited. <laughs> <laughs> At this present rate of putting out episodes, yeah, that'll be plenty of time. I'm just here for moral support today. Yeah, I, I think I've said everything I really wanted to about this and but really for, for Smokey to very quickly identify what this is about and why it's important. And it, it encompasses so many topics that parents really do need to be able to discuss with their children, whether it's sex or it's media fakery or whether their kid is getting like bullied around about vaccinations or whatever the issue is of the day, there's a ton of it. And you know, their kids need to be able to have these conversations with their parents and know how to deal with that because they may be getting hit with a lot of stuff from their teachers, their peers, and a lot of pressure. And they really do need to be able to have somebody that's just a safe place to talk to and a person that will tell them good information, but also allow them to express themselves in a healthy way. Oh, that was wonderful. I mean, for me, all these conversations are about empowerment, media fakery, empowerment. You know, we are the masters of our own fate. And 
when we take control, then we're not being manipulated anymore. And there's a lot of manipulation around sex. I mean, just watch the Disney Channel. I mean, I forbade my kids to watch the Disney Channel. They all like 10-year-olds dating. It's like, no, what? What? No. So it's all about empowerment. So I'm happy this episode was done. Thank you. That's a great perspective. And I think I have different attitudes from others in the group. I've just had a, a bit more of a... Lately, I've been having a lot of conversations about it with my peer group um, and how sexual attitudes are changing now um, about so many different things like gender and or L the LGBTQIA issues and all sorts of things like that. And the bottom line is that there aren't enough healthy discussions happening about empowering the individual to be a healthy person and protect themselves and their community. So this is all related. Having said that, I would love to hear anyone's comments on our next topic, Dr. Morse and the, and the importance of healthy diet for self-empowerment. Um, does anyone have any questions that they would like to have us pose to Dr. Morse? Yes, I do have a question. Um, I was doing some research trying to figure out exactly what alkaline is, because I hear about this all the time. Yeah, you're, you're just yeah. wondering, like, what is alkaline? Because yeah, when, what, you try to do, when you try to do a <laughs> yeah. Google search of it, you get, like, a bunch of, like, people wanting to sell you special water filters. Alkaline oh, water. yeah. Great question. We'll submit that. We'll submit it. But we, um, we are going to play a quick video by um, Mark James Gordon, who is going to, in a nutshell, discuss what Dr. Morse has um, discovered. So that way we don't have to start from ground zero. But anyway, just, just to real quick kind of gets, give a heads up, when they, the discussion on alkaline and acidic um, is only a discussion because of the lymph system. So your body is two fluids, right? Blood and lymph. Blood is one quarter of your fluid. Lymph is three quarters. The lymph fluid surrounds every cell in your body. And that's where like your cells eat, right? And then they excrete, just like you. Your cell eats and excretes, and it excretes into the lymph system. So what alkaline means is when you eat alkaline ash food, um, when your cell, after you digest it, and then your blood takes it to the cell, and the cell eats it, and then the cell excretes it, the product of that is alkaline, and it's healthy. So if you eat a food that's acidic, that means... When you eat it, your body processes it, process it, breaks it down into pieces, goes into your blood, and then your blood, it's your kitchen, right? Then your blood sends it to the cell, and then the cell eats it. The excretion is acidic. So alkaline excretion from your cells produces alkaline lymph fluid, which is healthy in curing like fruits, raw fruits and vegetables. But acidic foods like steak and fries and dairy. Coffee. Grains. Tea, cheese, right? yeah. Cheese. So when your 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 body breaks that down and feeds it to your cells, it, there's so much acid left over. It just pollutes your lymph system and it builds up and up and up over time. So that's why they say alkaline is good because it keeps a clean, fluid lymph system. And uh, acid foods are bad because they thicken it and they make it congested and you know, and then your body is just sitting in, like all your cells are surrounded by this filth. 
which is your dirty lymph fluid. But um, I'm not explaining it very well. I'm. That's a really good explanation. And um, yes, thank you. Because all I've gotten about alkaline is, um, well, there's alkaline water. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. you very much. But uh, she and I have uh, watched Dr. Morse's video, the the Great Lymphatic System. It, it made a lot of sense to me. And familiar with all the writings of our members, uh, I see freely and course Patrick's and honestly now and then uh, writings of yours Kate. I usually am chiming in to try to keep the peace but uh, I mean even the stuff I don't agree with as much I I can appreciate it I hope that our members will learn to maybe have that kind of an outlook on it whenever they read instead of I think it would get a little boring if we all sounded like each other so I do appreciate that we have a few different perspectives and I, I do have to say too that one comment that I see freely had made, but I see freely not being a uh, a guru person. Something to the effect of uh, a kitchen and a bathroom does not make does not a house make. Or he's right to some extent there, but uh, ignoring the lymphatic system seems uh, bonkers to me. It is highly overlooked, and how many people realize that three fourths of the fluids and our body is limp. And I think on that note, the Ace Sacred Cow Slayer family is going to be heading towards bed as my wife is pointing at the clock on her phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm <adult>. Sorry. <laughs> I like you all. I'm just really tired. <laughs> no. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. It was a, all right. well, it was a pleasure. Next time inspiration hits me, and I think it's something. Uh, fun and different to talk about, I will mention it. And uh, I did challenge my brother to, I said, scour the intertubes and um, the YouTubes and whatever there is and see if there's another family that's talking about this like we did. I would be interested to know if there was. I've never heard it though. Lennon Honor did a great job of talking about the family. He just, he didn't have anyone in his family with him to do it, but I got the feeling if he did have them with him, they would have a pretty casual conversation so uh, oh yes he discusses there's several videos talking about um, healthy ways to talk about sex and things like that so oh cool i'll have to watch some more uh, of his videos i sent him an email but i did the day before thanksgiving so i i think that might have been my mistake i'll, I'll have to try again yeah, yeah, I hit him a couple times. He's he's a busy man like Dr. Morse. It took Dr. Morse three months to put me on his schedule. So three months ahead, he's a busy man. So I'm super grateful um, I'm on his schedule. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for the show. That was really great. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It was, uh, it was our pleasure. And we'll uh, talk to you uh, soon, I'm sure. Yes, we will. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. In the age before the information age, making history and living for the days, we told our stories then in oh so many ways. We were on